the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others rival you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, here we are on All Saints Sunday. And it may not seem like a significant festival of the church for some. And perhaps it's one of those things that seem a little, well, too Catholic for us Lutherans. And yet, it certainly is very much a part of the tradition of our Lutheran church and of, well, of all Christians from the very earliest of times. It began as far back as the third century when Christians set aside a day to commemorate all of the martyrs of the church. And in our modern practice, All Saints Day has been extended to not only commemorate all of these martyrs, but all the people of all the people of God living and dead who form this mystical body of Christ. So All Saints Day, it is a celebration of the victory of Christ over sin and death and the sure and certain hope that we hold on to as his beloved people. But who are these saints, these ones that we are talking about? And if, if I was to go out and ask the average person on the street, what is a saint or who is a saint? Well, what would they say? Now, most people think of saints as those people who've done great things for others, who have lived a life of certain service and faithfulness. Someone that is especially holy and well beyond 
the reach of people like, well, you and me. Yes, that is the popular view, but the wrong idea maintained by those who define who is and who isn't a saint, according to the law. What they've done according to a set criteria that is designed to determine how God worked through these people. For example, people like Mother Teresa. But today, I'm glad to tell you that the Bible, well, it has a much clearer, a more definite and inclusive picture of who is a saint. Saints, according to the New Testament, are those who have been washed clean in the waters of baptism. Those whose sins are forgiven through faith in Christ and his atoning work on the cross. Those who have been filled with God's spirit in his life through holy baptism. Believers. These are the people our scriptures refer to as saints. Which means this sermon is being proclaimed to a church full, full of saints right here and right now. People whose robes have been washed as white as snow with the blood of the Lamb. People who have been forgiven and rescued from sin and death and the devil by God's. Saving love by his mercy and by his grace. People who shine with the newness of sainthood and who are counted among those who will gather around God's heavenly throne for all eternity. But I'm sure for many of us who feel a little uncomfortable being thought of as a saint. Some might even object to being called a saint. We're uncomfortable with this. And why shouldn't we object? After all, how many of us live saintly lives? How many of us can confess to showing the love, the mercy and kindness unconditionally? Like people like Mother Teresa, or even maybe like a non-Christian, Gandhi. How many of us can profess to praying as regularly as we should or giving back to God or our neighbor the abundance of all of the gifts that he has afforded us or being selfless as we expect true saints would be? That's the problem with only recognizing those saints as those people who do the right thing. Because we only include those rare few who seem to live exceptional lives of service. But if we were to talk to even a few of these people that we think of as saints, they most likely would also protest, pointing out that even though they might have done a few good deeds, their hearts are soiled as ours with the same selfish and even hateful thoughts, with 
uncharitable inclinations and with all sorts of things that are uncharacteristic of one who bears this name of saint. And while we might rush to declare our departed loved ones as saintly, well, the reality is that none of us match up to that high title. And that's why our scriptures, well, they never connect sainthood with our own goodness. Today, we remember those who have gone before us in Christ and bear the name of saint, not because of anything that they have done or did, but because of all that Jesus has done for them. And we remember them not to somehow glorify them, but to be reminded that we too are counted among the multitudes that Jesus has made new as he washed us clean and made us saints by his blood. Our sainthood, it rests in Jesus' perfect obedience, in his holiness, and in his loving kindness, because he shares these gifts freely, his abundance with all who trust and believe in him. And we can be confident and celebrate that this gift afforded to us in sainthood, he and only he has bestowed upon us. And as God's saints, there awaits an incredible inheritance for us beyond the hardship and the struggles of this life. The magnificent image of the new heaven and earth that was captured for us in the reading for today is an image of just this place, this new creation prepared for God's holy ones. Not just for those who manage to give the appearance of a perfectly good life, not just for those who avoid sin and evil, but for those who trust, they trust and believe in Jesus alone for their forgiveness, for their salvation. For those whose sin has been cleansed by Jesus's perfection, this new creation, a place without death and mourning or crying or or even pain, a place where God himself reaches out and he wipes away our tears. Is This place is what lies in wait for all who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ alone. A place where he restores life and prepares us as the new Jerusalem as the bride of Christ, ready to join in this heavenly wedding banquet, a banquet of joy and of peace. And when we really listen to what is described here, that we we almost have to say that it's too good to be true. It's too wonderful for our minds to grasp, and yet... That is the sure 
and the certain hope, the new hope of our faith. And that, as we've been caught up in the love and mercy of God, as we have been recreated in the waters of holy baptism and made new by God's grace, we are being prepared to receive this new creation as the inheritance of all the saints. So do you want to know how to be a saint and how to receive such a blessed eternity? Well, let's not even begin to think that we can be perfect enough. Every saint who has ever lived, well, they've known two things. First, that they are sinners. They are sinners through and through. That despite their best efforts, sin keeps creeping back into their lives and rearing its ugly head. And the second thing is that every saint knows is that the only way to overcome sin's condemnation is to believe and trust in Christ alone for their forgiveness. That is what makes saints. And that's what makes you a saint. Today, today is a celebration of God's goodness to us in Christ Jesus. It's a celebration of his gift of sainthood bestowed on us out of his love and out of his goodness. It's a celebration about of what all that is ours through faith in Christ Jesus alone and what he has done on your behalf. <laughs> Dear saints, every day we will face times when we're not sure that we actually are saints. Times when the devil will have us questions God's love and forgiveness. Times when he will encourage us to focus on our own unworthiness instead of on God's grace and on his mercy. Times when he will have us despair of the poor choices that we have made for ourselves. And Jesus, he said that we are blessed. We are blessed when we are down, when we are grieving, when we are hungry for righteousness, when we are enacting mercy on to others, when we are making peace, when we are living in purity and innocence and being persecuted in the name of Christ. And in each of these moments, there is so much more God and very much less of us. And we must rely solely on God to get this through. Let's pray to remember that we are most definitely saints, that we are holy because of Christ and his goodness towards us. And no one, not even the evil foe, the devil himself can take that away from you. We are baptized. We are washed clean and declared his elect, his chosen, his Adopted and anointed ones, his children.
And our standing as saints has been sealed, sealed in the blood of the Lamb forever. So go from here, confident that you can rest in his mercy throughout this life and into the next. For you are surely blessed in his peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.